Well, there's two parts of the Bible. There's the Old Testament, that's the bigger part in the front, and then the New Testament, the shorter part in the back. And a lot of the New Testament is made up of letters. I mean, as we go through the first century, all of a sudden there's all these new believers, there's these new churches, and these letters are to help kind of guide and instruct these churches. And these letters are written by guys like, like Peter and John, and a whole bunch of them are written by the Apostle Paul. Well, Paul has a real form that he follows in his letters. I mean, you can just, I mean, you just count it. Uh, count on it. So like the first half of the book is always going to be Bible or Bible. It is the Bible. It's going to be theology and doctrine and beliefs. So like you take Ephesians, there are six chapters, the first three chapters. You take Philippians, four chapters, the first two chapters are going to be these things we believe that we need to understand that, that we need to hold to as believers. And then the second half of the book is going to be practice. How do we take these things we believe and, and put them into practice? And boy, as you march through Paul's letters, they just kind of follow that form all the way through. He'll be dealing with different things, but it's always going to have that form until we come to the two letters to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth was, was a great church, and it was a great church in a very significant city. But man, was it a church that had problems. Paul had been there, had planted that church, had spent several years there, and then had moved on in his missionary journeys, and, and he's hearing reports. And you'll, you'll kind of notice that as you march through these le letters, he'll say, now concerning, now the next thing I've heard. And so he just, the, the letter to the Corinthians is just dealing with kind of one problem after another. And would you believe that one of the problems he's dealing with is, is the Lord's Supper, and, and you kind of think, well, I mean, how hard is this to do? You know, we, we stop, we remember what Jesus has done for us, we say thank you, we drink, we eat, we move on, and we go home, right? I mean, there's not a lot to this. How can you mess this up? Well, the church in Corinth found a way. They found a way to mess it up, and, and Paul has heard about that, and so he addresses this problem, and let me begin reading. The, the, where he starts addressing it is actually verse 17, but I'm going to start reading in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20. He says, when you meet together, you're not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others, as a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you, have, don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do, do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup of wine after the supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of, uh, cup of the Lord unworthily 
is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the the bread or drink of the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourselves. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Pretty heavy words as, as we read through those. I mean, words like eating and drinking judgment. That's kind of a heavy thought, isn't it? And yet, as we read those heavy words, I, I, I would say, you know, as we come to this table, God really does kind of have kind of a, a special kind of an intimate family time planned. It's not meant to be an overly heavy moment. It's not meant to be a moment of, of judgment. It's, it's meant to be a moment of joy and, and, and celebration as we come together as a, as a family. And, and, yet, and yet, as simple as it might seem, it appears that you and I have a tendency to come to this table with some wrong ideas. The reason I say you and I, and not just the church in Corinth, is because the reason you and I have the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth is because everything going on in that letter is an issue in humanity. Everything going on in that letter can be an issue ongoing for, for any church. And so God put that in there, not just for the church at Corinth, but for the, the church in Colonial Heights. He put that there for you and I today. And it appears that as we come to this place, there are some things we need to be aware of. Yes, it's a fun time. Yes, it's a family time. But we need to be aware you know, we have a lot of meals as a family that, that we don't even remember or ever think about. We're just gathering as a family and eating, right? But then you have those special meals. You know, the birthday, the anniversary, mar- marking maybe a milestone in a, in a family member's life. There are special times that we want to just make sure. You know, that's somewhat like when we gather as a family. Every, every time is special, Every time we gather, I mean, God's not more with us today because this, this table is right here. God was just as much with us last Sunday, will be just as much with us next Sunday, will be just as much with us as we go on into our daily lives this week as, as individuals. And, and yet, as we gather today, we gather around a, a special meal. We're marking something. We're remembering something. And as I read that letter from the Corinthians, it appears there's three words you and I need to hold on to as we come to the table today. Three words. Unity, memory, and worthy. Unity, memory, and worthy. Now, I, I first part I didn't read in verse 17 talks about some of the unity issues in Corinth. And they were all divided up into factions in the church, divisions in the church. We don't have a, a real issue with that right now today. It could change tomorrow, I don't know. But, but today we're not really a church divided up into factions. It's, it's not this group versus this group. So does that mean we can press right on by? Oh, we're unified. We don't have a problem with this. Let's move on to the second word. Well, not, not really. I'll tell you something, my my concern as we come to this table is not that there's two major divisions in this room. My concern is that there's 700 divisions in this room. That that we approach this table solely as an individual. You know, don't we have a tendency to come to this table and kind of think, well, this this is a personal time. 
That this is about me and the Lord and me and the Lord getting some things right. And, and we kind of treat this as a very individual time. And yet it's, it's not. It, it's really not that at all. You know, there's not one place in the New Testament where you see an individual taking the Lord's Supper. It's not about what we do as an individual. It's about what we do as a family. Yes, as we come to this table, God is very interested in in this relationship. He's every bit as much interested in this relationship. He cares very much about how we relate as a family. And whether we have a devotion to one another, a commitment to one another, we love, serve, and, and forgive each other. Even if we can't call out the person's name on the other side of the room. We're, we're a family. And it's as a family that we come to this time. Unity. Memory. I mean, do this in remembrance of me, right? We are to rightly remember that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. That it was His broken body and His spilled blood that provided for our forgiveness. Aren't you grateful for those objects You know, our being forgiven is not because, well, we're really mostly good enough in the end. Our our being forgiven is not based on catching God in a good mood when we die and all of a sudden there we are standing before Him. No, we're we're not counting on those things. We we don't have that kind of insecurity. Our, Our salvation is anchored in what Jesus did for us on the cross. A broken body, spilled blood. A real price was paid. Justice was meant. That's, that's our hope. That's what we're anchored in. Now, I, I say that, and, and my guess is that for a lot of us in this room, that's not news. You, you didn't need to be reminded that Jesus died on the cross for you. As a matter of fact, you half anticipate hearing that almost every Sunday in church, Right? You didn't need to be reminded that his body was broken and his blood was spilled. So, so why is memory so important? Because, folks, even though we know that, we tend to move on in life and depend upon our own body and our own blood. So there can be this moment where I come to faith in Christ and I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me on the cross, but then I move on into life acting like it really is still up to me. And how good I'm trying to be and how hard I'm working. As a matter of fact, I would illustrate it this way. A lot of times when we come to the table, we'll leave here 20 minutes from now and we'll say, boy, I feel so much closer to the Lord. I feel so much closer to the Lord after going through that moment. Now, you know, there's a part of me that says, well, that's a good and right thing, right? Man, I hope you feel closer to the Lord every time you, you leave here on a, on a Sunday morning. But my fear is that you and I put faith in a ritual. That by the mere act of going through this moment, I'm somehow closer to God. And that means I have wrongly placed my faith in a ritual instead of the relationship I have with Jesus Christ. What we're going to do here in a moment doesn't make you closer to God. What we're doing here in a moment doesn't give you access to God. The broken body and the spilled blood is what gives you a nearness, is what gives you a proximity to God. It gave you proximity to God the day you were saved, the day you received Jesus as your Savior and Lord when you were 8 or 27 or 45. Whenever that happened, you had nearness to God right then. And it doesn't take any ritual to get you even closer. Our faith is in Jesus, right? We need to be reminded of that because we slip back to trusting in ourselves and our rituals. 
So unity, memory, and then worthy. Worthy is not a word meant to express the idea that you need to do something to be worthy of this. Oh my gosh, there's nothing about me that is worth Jesus dying on a cross. That's his love. That's his grace. Not my goodness. Not, hey, I I deserve for Jesus to die for me. No, that's nothing about my worthiness. We're not talking about being worthy for this. We're talking about handling this in a worthy way. I want to respect what was done for me. Don't you? Not, not just as I come to the table, but as I leave from the table and as I go to the car and as I head into my decisions and relationships and issues this week, I want to handle what was done for me in a way that expresses what it's worth to me. Right? I want to show Jesus what it means to me that he would do that in the way I love and serve and forgive and, and, and try to be humble and to be kind and how I make decisions, everything in light of him. Right? I, I want to show what this means to me. And you know what? If I'm still holding on to sin, if I'm not really looking at what's happening in my walk with the Lord, then it's, it's, kind, of hard to, it's kind of hard to come to this table respecting that and so the scripture says use this time to examine examines the word right examine yourself a lot of times I will tell you that is about hey we need to think about the sin in our lives we can't say oh lord I'm so I'm so thankful for being forgiven while I hold on to the sins I'm not going to confess them I'm not going to repent from them I'm going to go right back to them that's not respecting what was done for us we bible says literally eat and drink judgment on ourselves when we do that So I want to handle that in a worthy way. And so, yeah, this is going to be a time in which we're thinking about and confessing sin. But it's even more than that. We're examining. Hey, what's happening in my walk and relationship with the Lord? Am I depending upon God? Where where am I expressing faith right now? Am I being a witness for Him? Am I faithful to pray, to be in His Word? Am I growing in the Lord? Is there a difference in my relationship with the Lord today than, say, last Thanksgiving? What, what, what's happened over this last year? You see, we're examining because I really want my life to show what this means to me. What Jesus did for me on the cross, what that means to me. So, yeah, in some of that there might be confession. In other parts, it's, it's maybe just expressing, man, I, I, I need to order that. I need to kind of discipline myself around that. Boy, I need to make a step of faith right there. Boy, I need to make that commitment there. But we're just examining because I want my relationship to be as strong and as good as it can be, right? So there's unity. There's, there's memory. And then there's wanting to handle this in a worthy way. I thought a way that maybe we could kind of approach this table and prepare for that this morning is through just a time of prayer. You know, we've called this a year in which we're kind of making a theme out of prayer. So it stands to reason we would have a service in which we would do a little bit more prayer than just the normal, okay, it's this event, so it's time to pray now. But, but actually have time to make this a house of prayer. And just you talking with the Lord. We can do this. We will do this partly as a group. Uh, I want to encourage you to get in groups of three to four, maybe five to seven as a family, as a couple of families, as a group of friends. And uh, my goal is, is not to get anybody in here in an awkward situation or make you do something you're not, you're not comfortable doing. But uh, I, I would encourage everybody to be a part of it. Even if you came here by yourself today, 
And if if there's a group near you, hopefully they'll say, hey, come on and join our group as we take this time to pray. My guess is with the time that we have, not everybody in the group will even have time to pray out loud. So not, not everybody will do that. Some in the group will feel comfortable. Some in the group will have time. But, but I hope we would all do that because the Bible wants us to hear each other giving thanks to God, praising God, praying to God. So in this first session of prayer, we're going to do three little things here. In other words, you'll start praying and then I'll break in and say, now pray about this. And I'll do that three times. So the first one, let's take a, a, a time and let's do this one as a group. The next one we'll kind of do as an individual. But, but this first one, let's take a time and just give God praise and thanksgiving. And I hope you'll praise him, thank him for whatever's going on in your life, whatever you want to give him praise and thanksgiving for. But let's make sure that one of the things we're giving him thanks for is what it means to us that we're forgiven of our sins. That we don't live in the fear of, of, of condemnation. We don't live in the fear of guilt. We don't live in the fear of being caught, of, of God finding out. But we enjoy God's forgiveness and love. Praise Him and thank Him for what it means to you of what He did on the cross. So go ahead and get in groups and and start praying out loud together right now. pray more alone and let's use this as a time of just examining and and making sure we're rightly remembering and that we're uh, handling this in a way that shows God what he means to us just pray about any sin that needs to be dealt with in your life pray about areas that you want to grow ask the Lord ask the Lord right now what he wants you to depend upon him for or where he wants you to grow let's just use this as about a, a, a little bit of an individual moment time of prayer you so much to be able to come in here and sit down and just be still before God 
feel like you could talk to him and know his love and that he hears you. take a moment now and just lift up our requests to the Lord and pray about anything that you anything that you want anything that's on your heart maybe a little bit mindful of hey Lord how can I finish out this year best with you what what are some things I need to do what are some things I need to correct Lord how do you want me to walk with you through this holiday season just lift up to him just let him know what you're depending upon him for maybe it's for guidance for healing for help maybe it's restoration somewhere just lift your request up to the Lord and as you and I pray those things let's remember he's coming back let's pray our request in light of him coming back and coming back for us with love and with forgiveness. You can use this time to, to continue praying in a group if you want. Maybe you just want to deal with some of those things alone. Either way, you continue this time of prayer. thank you for the words of Psalm 116 that that tell us that you bend down you, you bend down over the edge of heaven to get close to hear us you love our voice you care about our prayers I don't know why but I sure thank you that you do Thank you, God, for hearing of my voice and caring about it and what's on my heart. Thank you for each person in this room. Lord, I pray for each one here that is offering up these prayers right now, even those watching online and are praying right now. Lord, I pray for each one of us that this day, this week ahead, we'll see you answering and responding to these prayers. We'll see your goodness and faithfulness and have even more cause to give you praise and to give you thanksgiving. Oh God, you are so good. No matter what is going on in our lives, you love us, you have forgiven us, and you've given us a right relationship with you. For that, may we every day be thankful. It's in the name of Jesus we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll move now into our time of 
sharing in the Lord's table. We celebrate here at the Heights, and I say this because I imagine we have a, a lot of guests, folks in from out of town for Thanksgiving, but we celebrate an open communion. That means it's open to all who have professed faith in Christ and followed him in believer's baptism. Some churches, you have to be a, a member of that church uh, to, to celebrate in the Lord's Supper. And uh, we, don't, we don't follow that. There's reasons for that. I don't mock that idea. But, but we do open our communion table to all who have professed faith in Christ. If you're here today and you've not yet done that, I, I, I would encourage you to maybe wait kind of at, right out of the words I read this morning. That, you know, there's, there's an order. There's a way to approach this table. There's a timing. And, and I can't celebrate the body and blood of Christ if I've not yet professed my faith in the body and the blood of Christ, identified my life with Jesus Christ in baptism. And I don't want to unwittingly lead you into wrongly putting faith in a ritual, wrongly putting faith in a moment. So I would encourage you to wait. Man, if you're here and, and, and you haven't done that and want to know more about, well, how, how would I do that? How could I make that happen in my life? I, I will share that in just a moment. would love for you to have that opportunity right here today to profess your faith in Jesus. So we'll share that in a moment. But for all those of us who are family in Jesus Christ, we now come to this time of celebrating. And as the deacons pass the elements out, of course, that'll take a few moments. I hope you'll continue to use this as a, a time of prayer, as a house of prayer. And just continue to commune with God, knowing He loves your voice. Knowing how much it means to Him that you would talk with Him and share what's in your heart and in your life right now with Him. So you continue in this time of prayer. Wait till everybody gets the elements and then I'll get back up and uh, I'll lead us in doing that all together. And then we'll have a, a closing time of prayer. And uh, just hold on to your cup during that time. And then those on the left end of each section, if you'll look down, you'll see a basket there. And you'll hand the basket down. And that's how we'll take up the cups there at the end. Okay? So uh, let's just continue talking with the Lord.
there's such strength, such joy, such peace in living in knowing that you're loved and nothing's going to change that. And we're not dependent, as I've already said this morning, we're not dependent upon emotions, not dependent upon God being in a good mood. We're not dependent upon having done something well enough. We just depend upon Christ and what he did for us at the cross. Jesus said, this is my body. It's been broken for you. Take and eat. husband and wife come into a new relationship into the covenant of marriage I don't know if you heard that word when I read it a moment ago we're brought into a covenant relationship with God and in a marriage it's a, it's a ring that kind of seals that covenant that's a sign of that covenant but our relationship with God is sealed by something much more precious than gold something much more precious than any ring our relationship with God is sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, this is my blood spilled for you. Take and drink. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we have come before you today praying in your name, seeking to love you, to praise you, to give you thanks, seeking to think about how we can know you better and grow closer to you and walk more faithfully with you. We've sought to clean out of our lives through confession those things that are not right and not good, those things that are there that don't express how much you mean to us. We thank you, God, that we can talk to you about these things and we don't, we don't have to wonder or fear how you hear them. You hear and you forgive and you answer in love. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.